Hi there, welcome to a new episode of the podcast in the fine city of Kiev, in the equally fine company of Ivanka and Ekaterina, a couple of lovely locals. Get ready for revolutions, ravishing policewomen, songs, facts and fun. All of this right here, right now. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Ukulele Road Trips podcast. These ukuleles have made it to Ukraine and to its fantastic capital. It's a great city, so there's a great podcast in store, and mainly also because there are great guests here with me. <laughs> hey, Katarina. Nice to meet you. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hi, too. <laughs> Hello, Ivanka. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Wow, it's wonderful to have you here. I'm really excited about this podcast because, well, I'm really excited about this city. I love it so much. <laughs> we too. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's perfect, because the podcast is, is going to be about the capital Kiev and the country Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been loving this country a lot, and I've uh, been in Odessa before and now in the capital, and uh, would you like to celebrate the opening of this Ukrainian podcast with the hymn that I've learned? Sure. Would you like to sing it? Sure. Do you enjoy singing that kind of thing? Sure, why? <laughs> because I don't know the words. <laughs> So you you know you know the the tune. Yeah. I don't know the words. <laughs> oh, we've got a similar one in France oh. about filling the fields with our enemy's blood. Yes, it's basically the same thing. Is it the same idea? Yeah, yeah. As descriptive? Um, <laughs> no, not really. It's more about you know, the spirit. It says that we will, uh, we will um, uh, prevail, something like that. Really. We, we will dedicate all our body and soul to make this country flourish and be successful and... So is that what you do during the week, or is that mainly weekend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some days, some days. Some days. Well, it is a great country. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, well, it's got very interesting layers to it, one of which is the language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complicated question asking, what language do you speak in Ukraine? Maybe you could give us a... Introduction <laughs> into this. Well, um... The official language is Ukrainian, though there are many Russian uh, language speakers, and actually it depends on the f- on the family the person was born in. Because of our sto- our history, we have mixed families from different countries, post-Soviet um, area. Mm-hmm. So some families speak Ukrainian, and some st- some speak Russian. So it depends on the family, but it also depends on the region, I guess. On the region what would as well. be a language map? of Ukraine, which region, which main languages? <laughs> oh, well, Ukrainian... No, Ivanka said she was terrible at geography. <laughs> yeah. just so I think you need to keep rolling on this one. <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Ukrainian uh, is mostly spoken in, in the west and uh, in, in the central areas of Ukraine and uh, Russian is more widely spread in the east and in the south. 
So, um, and it also depends on the preferences because um, I see how lots of young people, they even if they spoke Russian in their families now, they choose consciously to speak Ukrainian because they like the sound of language and the whole idea of you know like supporting the culture of the country through speaking this language and singing the hymn in Ukrainian. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> not only hymn, many other beautiful songs. I heard you have. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. That. Uh, tak. Tak, that's so right. Tak is yes in tak, uh, yeah, yeah, Ukrainian, sure. and is da is, uh, is the Russian. Is the Russian, yes. But you also have a bit of Polish in the Western region, am I right? Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And, a, to Lviv, yeah. and I heard about a strange dialect somewhere, maybe towards in the, in the Carpathian mountains. mountains. Yeah. You have a rare language. What is it called? Oh, like Hutzel. Yeah, so the Hutzels, well, it's like. Mm. You know, it's like a different, you know, people actually, ethnic people, you know. Mm. So even when we come and try to speak to them, even if we know the Ukrainian language, <laughs> we often don't understand a single word. I think there's Hungarian mixed in there mm. somewhere and lots of different, you know, things. And as they live up in the mountains, you know, it's all maintained. So the language is very... Sorry, pardon my uh, ignorance. Where are the Carpathians? Carpathians. On the west, in the west, the, the oh, mountains right. in the west. Oh, okay. So quite a big mix of languages. All mm -hmm. oh, right. All oh. oh, right. Well, we've learned tak and da, <laughs> which are yes in both main languages in Ukraine. I thought I'd uh, give you a little song, listener, eh, <laughs> to learn a few more words in both languages if you wish to visit this beautiful country. Bonjour, hello, vitaio. Strasvotie. Merci. Thank you. Tiakuyu. Spasiba. Dorin. You're welcome. Bodilaska. Pocholevon. Pocholevon. It's a language lesson in music. Ti ukukimovuzi o muziti. Etworuki yazika of muziki. Ti. Ti. Chai. Vodka. Jus d'orange, orange juice, appel sur vulchik, vodka. Prêté de paix, peace treaty, mirna woda, kalashnikov. It's a language lesson in music. Tiuko ki mwazi u mwaziti, etworwaki yuzika u muziki. It's a language lesson in music. Tiuko ki mwazi u mwaziti, etworwaki yuzika u muziki. Biscuit, biscuits, salao, vodka. It's a language lesson in music. Tiuko ki mwazi u mwaziti, etworwaki yuzika u muziki. It's our rocky as it comes music. So, what did you think of my pronunciation? It's perfect. Oh, I wasn't fishing for that. But that is uh, that is very nice to hear. A treat. Speaking of treats, this is a lovely birthday treat, actually. I tricked you into coming here. To celebrate my birthday in a podcast Yeah. Oh my God! Happy birthday! Oh, thank you. Ah, uh, so Oh, and in Russian? С днем рождения. Yep. Back to Ukrainian. С днем рождения. Oh. Дякую. Дякую. Yeah. It does sound better. <laughs> right. So on to a question. Uh, why is Kiev so great? Why? Because of the people, I think, from. And you know, it is a city of contrasts, as I see it. Well, I have lived here for 27 years and I have seen, you know, everything from, you know, post-Soviet people who are very narrow-minded. And then there's these young people and lots of artists and lots of painters. And you know, the Andreevsky Uzvis, who's actually used to be... Oh, the Andreevsky Uzvis, that's the lovely uh, old street yeah, that yeah, comes down street. from... Like high up from a Andrew Andrew's church, yes, Andrew, yes. Mm -hmm. and down to the nicest uh -huh. area, Podil. Uh -huh. So I'm just um, clearing up that for you, <laughs> uh, listener. And so there are lots of painters. At least they used to live. I don't know how about now. 
and you know you could come at some cafe nearby and there would be just lots of painters there you I have seen lots of uh, yeah. lots of paintings even on on, uh -huh. on the street randomly yes, yes. Uh, on walls mm -hmm. uh, not even in the most touristic areas sometimes just yeah. on streets and lots of paintings yeah. it's yeah. colorful city mm -hmm. Street art is also one of the things yeah. I really love about yes. Kiev, and they are so 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 diverse, starting from some avant-garde paintings, mm. <laughs> yeah, just on the walls, and especially in some industrial areas um, like big ones, and also some some cute nice things. Just a lot of even foreigner foreigners come to paint on our walls right now. And Kiev is kind of a center for this stuff right now. So lots of projects are being made and they are being painted right as we speak. So lots All of right. groups. Yeah. Wow. Also we have lots of street music and street musicians. And especially in summer you can just, you know, go out in the, into the center of the city and everyone will be playing everywhere. That's true. And we have been graced with wonderful days this last week. I mean I've I've been here Sometime and I've only had sun. It's been great. I think the cold is coming though now. Yeah, I think that yeah. was the last days <laughs> like Indian summer. Of, uh, yeah. of summer. Yeah, exactly. Well, you mentioned one great thing about Kiev was its people. Uh, I felt it was also its youth. I mean, it's young people. There's a very vibrant energy. There's something in the air. There's like a buzz that you don't have in places like Cherkasy, for example, <laughs> which, which we'll talk uh, about later, listener. Um, but um, you, you have very surprised faces, but yes, we will talk about Cherkasy. <laughs> You'll discover why later. But it's buzzing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, lots of smart, young, creative people, very open-minded, who travel a lot, who, who, who do and, um, arts and, you know, like... Just handmade crafts. Handmade you know, crafts. Yeah, very stylish, very cute. Uh, I mean, it's it's really enjoyable to meet such people. Um, has there been a sort of cultural and maybe even artistic revival, or in a, since the uh, the Maidan uprising, has that played a part in electrocuting the city into this buzzing this buzzing capital? I would say it was like a special place like a, a community which formed around this because as I remember You mean a community that formed around the Maidan events? Yeah, yeah, sure. Which was a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, so it wasn't like just a, a political protest. It was mm -hmm. even, we call it a dignity revolution uh, and a cultural revolution mm -hmm. because, for example, we had an open university at Maidan and lots of Oh, could you students. just explain yeah. briefly what that was? Uh, yeah. What happened for people who aren't too familiar with it? I'm sure I mean, everybody's seen a bit on the news, but just to redefine what happened. Well, um, all, all, on the screens, I mean, like it was presented in news, it was mostly like a political protest when um, people went uh, into the streets just to protect their rights and mm. uh, to, to um, show that uh, they want European standards and freedoms in Ukraine and they want honest um, politicians, less, less, corruption. less corruption, yeah, so, and uh, um, most it was about protecting rights and fighting for the better future. When but was that exactly? Two years ago. A couple yeah. of years back. Yeah. yeah. And since then there's been a community that was born there and that bonded I would say that it, sort of it, it existed before, but it was like a, a uni, unifying um, factor, yes, like, yes, which yes. brought people together because it was kind of this, you know, like um, sign that it's time together and to do something beautiful now. Because if we want reforms, we should start, you know, from from local initiatives, not from from the. Uh, politicians and global things and right, the so starting from the bottom that's, from that's the right, people that's right and uh, uh, for example there was an artistic community with uh, very funny um, paintings yeah like um, sh showing like that um, with all these phrases you know like it was like this art like posters I remember mm -hmm. the word <laughs> like yeah. motivational quotes but yeah, for yeah. freedom yeah for freedom that's right yeah. <laughs> for your rights yeah, and right. open university where people came and shared their language about economics, about uh, culture, right. about literature. So knowledge sharing tents, were they? Yeah, yeah, tents. Yeah, tents. tents on the and Maidan, of course, means 
square. Square, that's mm -hmm. right. And yeah. it's the uh, Nizaleshnist. Nizaleshnist, which means independence. independence. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that because uh, my favorite Ukrainian song is called Moya Malenka Nizaleshnist. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, analysis group. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just before you sing it, Ivanka. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would like to mention, oh, I wrote down here parks, statues and things, but yeah, I mean, y you can come here, listener, you'll see them. But there is a fun thing you can do uh, slightly outside of the city, is, um, and it's part of the post-Maidan effects. Mm -hmm. You can visit the president's house. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's quite interesting, and see how luxurious his, his whole uh, mansion was, and I think he had ostriches as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all kinds of you know, exotic animals and weird animals. And the golden bread. <laughs> I remember that one especially. Just, you know, like... Golden bread? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a small, small loaf of bread. Like a bread that's fully made of gold. I don't know... How do you eat it? <laughs> you, you don't, that's the question. I think you admire it. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, well, that's yeah. pretty ironic in a country where um, some people are finding it yeah. difficult yeah, to eat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strong, uh, prominent image. But the uh, little Nizhaleshnist, mm -hmm. which is the independence, has been, is, is being taken over by the people of Ukraine, I guess, and these things are slowly changing. Mm -hmm. Do you I agree? They are. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, of course they are changing. Everything has changed since that time, and I think now we are being inside this ethnical, cultural revolution of all sorts. And you know what's the funniest and the most exciting thing that um, people are coming back to Ukraine, even people that have left it before, and you know just like bringing everyone together. And even those young people who travel or go study abroad, they actually come back well, more now than before, you yeah. know, just to stay in Kiev and bring something to the people, to the culture. Yeah, you know, not, just, not just go away and stay somewhere in Europe. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that. I mean, I could, I could stay here. I'm, yeah. I'm one soulmate away <laughs> from spending my life in Kiev. <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't met one, so um, th <laughs> these trips are to continue. <laughs> yeah. um, and talking about moving on, uh, before we do, a bit of Ukrainian, right? Mm -hmm. With, yeah. let's, let us seize our little independence. <laughs> Would you like uh, to sing it, Ivanka? No. You can get out your My throat. Oh, okay, your throat. But Ekaterina, <laughs> do you know this one? I don't remember the the, the tune, so you should you oh. should you should start. Sure, I So we can hear a bit of authentic, mm. non-terrible. Non <laughs> I'm pointing to myself here. Non-terrible Ukrainian accent. Yeah, sure. Одна в моїй кімнаті нема куди тікати, і ти напевно їй напевно не поможуть навіть танки і гармати. Моя маленька незалежність. Oh, very nice. Sweet. It, it is a, it's a lovely song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that about our particular performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the song is very nice. Oh, and uh, listener, if you're wondering, it's by Okan Elza. Mm -hmm. Okan Elza. Which means Eliza's Ocean. Ocean. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, well, talking about consequences of the Maidan protests, which were just here uh, on the square of Kiev. Of the central square of Kiev, mm. of course there there are lots of positives, but 
one aspect of it is that the country is now at war. Can we? Is that how you would no, phrase it? Basically, it is. No one likes to call it that way, especially you know in Europe or everywhere in the world, as of matter. But basically, it is. But it is at people, war. People are dying, and you know, young guys are dying there. It's it's. So. It's not present in a way that I found negative um, for everyday life, but it is present where there are stands uh, or people uh, collecting money for the armies yeah, or no. for the, I don't because know, the just, you, you can't feel it here. Bazooka you know. displays? That's something I don't have in my country. <laughs> Little kids <laughs> taking pictures with bazookas. Hmm, I actually or haven't seen that. Really? Oh, yeah. there's just on Andrevsky. Mm, yeah. And also, I've been in a couple of pa patriotic bars. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, lots of Kalashnikovs there. <laughs> <laughs> that is our reality now. But, um, I don't know, do, do you um, have friends that have been, that have, no, have had to go no. to. Thankfully, I, I don't. My friends are all safe, but I know a lot of people whose you know acquaintances and relatives had to go and were injured there, and you know some died. And that's just it doesn't hit you as you know being real because it's you know somewhere. It is. It, it you couldn't imagine it. You couldn't realize it from living yeah. in Kiev or in Odessa. Because you know everyone, the life has to go on. Although so. a lot of people are dressed in. Um, yeah, lots of camouflage. war, war. Um, and we have a <coughs> military hospital in the mm, middle yes, of Kiev, yes, yes, and it, it's like a parallel reality because if you walk through the city, it's like everybody is enjoying, you know, cafes are open, mm -hmm. the music clubs are open, and then it's only 100 meters, and you enter this hospital, and you can see these injured guys, and so much sadness and uh, emptiness in their eyes. So, I mean, it's it, it's always next to you. It's mm -hmm. somewhere there. I've got many friends who are journalists who went to, to the east of Ukraine to make uh, some <coughs> news materials and, you know, like documentaries. So when you see this through the eyes of your close people, it's, it's, it's not so far away as it seems. Right, because uh, what it is basically is in the eastern region of Ukraine, uh, the regions near Russia, mm -hmm. and there are some, well, rebels, but also actually actual r Russian uh, yeah, fighters yeah. taking part in fights against the Ukrainian army and I mean from what I've seen the Ukrainian army isn't the most modern you'll find yeah, I saw lots of pictures it and they look yeah. it, it and um, of course the Russian side are giving or and using uh, the newest weapons and bullets and they're very well equipped and from what I from what I've seen from pictures of exhibitions and things like that it's uh, I don't know. The Ukrainian army didn't look like a, an army of fighters, more like just mm. guys from the street, like a hairdresser and a, and a builder. Volunteers, yeah. volunteers. Uh, and supported uh, by volunteers, because without it there is no so much support from, from, the, from the government, unfortunately. So the guys just go under-equipped mm. and it, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's they have no basic protection there, only their willing hard and uh, there is a lot of love and uh, I've noticed that um, I, I heard it in very different circumstances the hymn being sung for example mm. uh, sometimes a guy on bandura which <laughs> is a traditional guitar or a rock band playing yeah. on the street and they sing it with so much genuine love and it's not even hatred for Russia it's not even mm -hmm. anger they it's just love for their country mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. that's what hit me the hardest here in Ukraine, and it's been a few weeks. So I'm dead. Um, talking of which, uh, that here's a little song about uh, two neighbors, one who's kind of strong and controls a lot, and the other one who's uh, a bit uh, in a tricky situation, mm. a bit of in a pickle. No relation to the political situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about uh, Igor and Sasha, okay. the two neighbors. Okay. Sasha lives in his own house in a nice neighborhood He's got a small garden with vegetables and pieces of wood Which he keeps for the winter, it's quite cold in these parts But that, of course, is no news All is well except Sasha has God's neighborhood issues 
next door to him lived this man, this bully Igor. From his big garden he watches and jealously he wants more. Sasha suspects that it was him last spring that secretly stole his shoes. It's pretty fair to say Sasha's got neighborhood issues. This morning he awakes to discover the fence has been moved. Mm. Igor says that it's not him and it cannot be proved. But Sasha's vines and a third of his pickles are now in his neighbor's garden. So Sasha rolls up his sleeves and says, I beg your pardon. I can see clearly it's you that's behind it. Your tools are lying by the fence. We both know you've dug it up and moved into my land. It's only fair you give it back and I'll go. And Igor said no. <clears throat> Yet. Sasha did not want to rush ahead to a conflict. But Igor put in quite a shift to keep what he nicked. Sasha did all that he could, although he's not very good with all this fighting. Now the right side of his face is just one big bruise. All is well except Sasha has got neighborhood issues. Down from the street Sasha thought that he did have friends. François Gunther and David that would help defend his land, but in truth they're not too bothered, he got us cra crazy, it's risky to accuse him. So Sasha's left on his own with whatever ensues. And to deal with these prickly neighborhood issues, all is well except for these neighborhood issues. Actually not all is well, but it's really bad with these. Neighborhood issues. Let's leave the political realm and um, get back to stringed instruments. Uh -huh. Oh, talking of instruments, I think you brought something along. Would you I, like to I share that? It is not stringed, though. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> it is. It is not. It's not. No, it is. But it's an instrument. It's a Jewish harp. It's a Jewish harp. Or a you call it a Jewish harp? Um, no, it's the Americans call it the Jewish harp. I don't know why actually. Yeah, I don't we know call why it it's a Jewish. But oh, in Ukraine we call it Grimba. Let's just Grimba. let's just use Grimba. the Ukrainian name. Grimba. Grimba. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Grimba. 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 There we go. Would you like to give us a little demonstration? Sure. This is um, traditionally. Ukrainian? I mean, it's very popular in the country. I think this one was actually made in Hungary. I, it's traditional for most European countries, I think. So mm -hmm. I actually, they're made all over the world. Yeah. Even, even in Asia. Yes. Uh, they are called Danmoy. Danmoy. So. Demonstration. A demonstration it is. demonstration yep. um, well from Drumba Grimba from <laughs> Drimba from Grimba to Grimba. <laughs> sorry it's D Drimba oh well from Drimba yeah. to well I don't have a good transition to ukuleles it should <laughs> rhyme or something there but is no uh, ukuleles there is an association called ukuleles for Ukraine that was started oh. Um, in North America, I think really? Canada or the States, um, and I think Canada. you know about them? No, I think no, it sounds more because they have a, a very uh, big community, Ukrainian yeah, community Ukraine, in Canada, Canada, diaspora. Well, we'll <laughs> learn more in this interview that we're going to listen to. Um, and it's Ukuleles for Ukraine and a local association that has been around for, uh, for many, many years that have partnered up uh, to give 
um, medicine, um, clothes, mm -hmm. and ukuleles. That's kind of the, the flashy one because mm -hmm. it sounds better. Two orphanages in the region of Cherkasy. Now, I went there mm -hmm. myself because I heard of this program and, you know, traveling with a ukulele. Mm -hmm. And I visited a few orphanages, um, gave a couple of little ukulele lessons and sang lots of songs being driven around by, um, by Sasha over there, uh, who was showing me around the orphanages, part of the Ukrainian Association. And uh, I'd suggest we listen to a bit of a noisy lesson and then uh, the interview with him, a few minutes of uh, interviewing stuff. Hello, Sasha. Thank you for um, agreeing to answering a few questions. It's a very exciting activity that I've had the pleasure of discovering as well by your side today. Um, so, could you um, tell me a little bit about what you do and what you've been doing as a volunteer here in the orphanages? Yeah, our um, charity, Ukrainian Humanitarian Initiative, was founded about um, 15 years ago. We provide different uh, programs for orphanages uh, and um, children's hospital and uh, for children who need uh, help. Uh, we did program like uh, volunteering in the orphanages, uh, um, raising some funds, donation for the orphanage and the needy children. This is the main one. There are many uh, uh, orphanages, we call it uh, boarding school, children's house, uh, social centers. Uh, centers. We have about more than 50 in the, our region. 50? So, okay. Well, I landed here because I heard about uh, something called Ukuleles for Ukraine, um, which is a program that the orphanages in the Cherkasy region have benefited from. Could you explain to me what Ukuleles for Ukraine is and what it's brought to the orphanages here? Um, uh, some um, um, our friends uh, can uh, do some nice things, uh, nice program. Uh, How old is this program? Uh, this program started this uh, spring and uh, two nice uh, and talented uh, musicians from uh, UK and USA came to us and they did a lot for our orphanages, um, especially for the orphanages who specify to work with the talented children. So that's an orphanage uh, specifically for uh, children with, with very... With music, with music talent. With very gifted children. Okay. Yeah, it was really nice. It was, it was adorable for, for children and uh, both for volunteers. Is this collaboration set to continue? We hope so, yes. We hope to collaborate in the future, of course. Yes. We are open to find the new contacts with... Uh, Another association. We are welcome, we are open. Okay. Ooh, something I something I wrote down here, but I don't think I will keep in the edit. Uh, I wrote I'm not gonna tell you what I wrote, but there is a particular metro system here where if you don't put the coin in you know, it looks like it's open, yeah. turns out when you walk, it comes out and smashes you right in the, right in the privates. Yeah. And I'm guessing it's, it's less of a risk when you're a woman. But oh, you know, it still hurts. It still hurts. It still hurts. But you know, just, I, I actually, I'm scared of those Basically, it, it feels like if you don't pay for your metro ticket, they will punish you by depriving you of a descendant. If you're a man, which is you know, kind of it's a very I interesting a thing to notice. Dramatic. Yeah, because usually it's like the gates are closed and then they open when you throw the coin. Right. And here it's opposite. It's open all the time, and if you forget to, 
if you forget to put a coin, it hacks at your balls. Basically, that's what happens. That's why I like, they started to install this, like, tourniquets you need to go just oh, through the them. They, they, they turn, mm -hmm. and, and that's, I just love them because, you know, it's like a trauma. Because I was it, it hit by these things, you know, as I was a kid. <laughs> so it was like, kind of, yeah, I just, they're oh, right. so scary. The chest height when, yeah, you're, when so you're a child. Scary. Yeah. I don't know why I ran you know, through that thing that was horrifying. Yeah. Well, there's a... <laughs> they joke in Kiev that once you get hit, then you are paranoid for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> that definitely happened to me, I confirm that. I'm, I'm actually not... I'm walking much more <laughs> since I was hit in the... Um, in the... never mind. Another a mode of transportation which is much safer and quite fun is the téléphérique, because Kiev is very hilly, uh -huh. isn't it? Yep. What is this téléphérique? The funicular. Oh, oh right. <laughs> yes. So there is a funiculaire, uh, which which has a very Parisian style to it, at some a very beginning of twentieth century. I don't know. I just found it very fancy, and I just scribbled it down in my notes, and I wrote should mention this. <laughs> and at the same time, I can say Kiev. Uh, it's exciting, and it's also not flat. It's quite hilly. It's hilly. It's, it's hilly. all the seven and bumpy. Hills. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was founded. You know, there is a legend how it was founded in the fifth century. Oh, oh. there were brothers. Oh wow! Wait, traveling. wait. I'm gonna do like an epic <laughs> okay. accompaniment. So, so just take your acting voice, and we're off for the uh, the founding of Kiev. So once upon a time, in the fifth century, three brothers were traveling with their sister on a horse. On the boat down on the, the Dnieper River, and they were looking for a blessed place to found a city. And they saw a special, special hill where once upon a time St. Andrews put a cross, and he said that here the city will arise and it will be a blissful city. And so the brothers chose this place to found a new city and we had the river Libit named after their sister and many many hills named after these brothers. And the Kiev is named after the oldest one, Kiev. This is where Kiev. the name comes from. Oh, right. Yes, Who? the prince of Kiev. Kiev. <laughs> so, so it was key but with a slight speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and a little something I wanted to mention as well. Uh, police and, well, police women more specifically. Oh. Um, this is great. I mean, you, you need to see this to believe this. But you have new police uniforms and a new unity in the police and this is also an after effect i think very positive okay. uh, of the maidan protests what what exactly happened to i don't know what, what is this new police force so basically they they just hired young guys and girls and created a patrol of sorts so they have new cars and new uniform and they actually remind us of the american cops as people <laughs> here call them and well, they call him them cops, you know, with affection, actually. With affection. Yeah. People do like them a lot. Do like them, because they're young and open. And very helpful. And very helpful, actually. And not corrupt. Yet. <laughs> not corrupt yet. <laughs> and I hope because they will because never be. The other ones were, clearly were. And these yeah. ones, I mean, they look good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're very nice. People are taking selfies with them. Yeah, they even have their own Instagram account, <laughs> which is crazy for us. You know, police and Instagram, and I mean, come on. <laughs> they're, they're cute. The first time I saw one, uh, it was a policewoman, I, it took about 15 minutes uh, for me to believe she was actually a policewoman, and I was arguing with a Ukrainian friend that that was impossible. She was definitely going to a party mm. or a... Oops, sorry. Or a stripper. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's... it's just, she's awfully good-looking, and in, in... I don't know. It, it's only when I saw her gun up close that I realised, well, this is... Up close? <laughs> yeah, not to my head. But, um, 
I don't know, it's very, very surprising and inspiring actually, because this is a little song now called Arrest This Man. I see you making this quiet night safe. Shining in black leather, you light up the whole place. My heart is racing when I gaze into your eyes. Dark like the uniform that will be my demise. Oh, police woman, for this man under arrest. I have to break the law like you going to take a little short break for a ukulele road trips announcement. You don't mind that? No. Hello and welcome on the first ever advert on the ukulele road trips podcast. Thank you so much for listening. The advert is for ukuleleroadtrips.com. Yeah, you can support men and the ukuleles and the travels by buying a little postcard, buying the albums of course, which are great, much better recorded than this little segment. And also make a little donation, well, just follow the adventure, really, and drop me a line. I'm lonely. So, that was the little announcement. We can, we can carry on with stuff now. Stuff? <laughs> what stuff? <laughs> oh, on a slightly more serious note, I visited the Chernobyl Museum mm-hmm. here in Kiev. It's actually very well done. I'd recommend to anybody and any listener coming to the city to um, have a look at this museum. You can also actually visit Chernobyl, yes. but it, I mean, it costs around 100 Euros, which is about a week's budget yeah, for these ukulele road trips. It's pricey, pricey for um, so, But I saw the museum and it's, it's really well done. Is that something that personally, um, you, Katerina and Ivanka, is that, has that affected you in some way, personally, or is it just a historical event? Because it's pretty recent, it was 86. So. We weren't born. Oh, we were born, born almost. I was born two years later. So obviously I don't remember anything, anything from that time. But I think most of young people now have problems with their health. It's all thanks to Chernobyl, because, you know, it's 
with various various kinds of pro health problems. But I don't know. It it really doesn't affect us living here nowadays. Not not that much. So we know it was you know a huge tragedy, of course. But now it is just a part of history, I guess. It is still you know in bad shape. So and I don't think the, the thing the is that they store they store this nuclear waste there, and mm -hmm. it's uh, like um, under many layers of protection, but. It's you know like they say like this slow bomb there mm. because it, um, it's releasing this toxic radioactivity and, uh, into and, uh, the uh, effort is taken and should should be taken just to keep it safe you know and so and it's very close to the capital city with, it with such a big population. It is very near Kiev. What it is basically it this uh, explosion and this uh, radioactive leaks took place in Chernobyl and then the area was declared a no-go zone. So you have this zone, maybe less than an hour from Kiev, that has been closed off and nobody's inside it. So you can visit it with particular guides, but it's, it's sort of a region. It's interesting in the way that nature is reclaiming its territory because, well, no humans are allowed there to live. So... Nature is actually flourishing out there, you know, we're like foxes and deers and all kinds of, you know, berries, mushrooms, whatever. So just, just a very interesting example of what happens. Not, not nuclear mushrooms. <laughs> no, I don't by think the way. so. But still they are, you know, you can't eat them, obviously. And some people just... <laughs> they glow in the dark, maybe. That's <laughs> an advantage. You can find them easily. <laughs> because, yes, it is... You can't see it. It's strange, this kind yeah. of pollution. But it, it has had tremendous and terrible impacts on people's mm -hmm. lives. Sorry, I interrupted you, Ekaterina. I just said that some people didn't leave their homes and stay mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. because it's like their home place. Really? Yeah, so some, somehow they survived. Somehow, especially the old, old mm -hmm. ladies. <laughs> they yeah, are, you know, yeah, yeah. immortal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, people who, who participated in, uh, in the events, when, when it, it mm -hmm. exploded, it, it, it was tremendously dramatic. Yes, extraordinary tales of courage, but also some of the people exposed, firemen, and some of them died within weeks, mm -hmm. yes. and those that didn't, they had problems their whole lives and died a few years later, so it's... And the, the worst thing, so it was on the May, the, the celebration, so there was some kind of huge celebration in May, and you know, like thousands of people were out. In the streets, and, and they were the not uh, worried. Um, and what did the government do on the whole thing just when kaboom? They did nothing. And so, you know, like for when hours... what thing went kaboom? The Chernobyl. Oh, in 86? Yeah. What? So people so were not warned about it. They were not were told. They weren't. Only a, so uh, they yeah. were, you know... Just Only a few weeks later, there was a tiny bit of page six and in and some I newspaper think, that mentioned it. I read that incredible. the news started appearing abroad earlier mm -hmm. than in Kiev itself. Yes, because in because Sweden... the radiation was, you know... Yes, they did. The in Scandinavia, they detected yeah. unusual radiation. Yeah. And that's how the news started coming out, because mm -hmm. the radiation spread all over Europe. And so then you can imagine so the Soviet Union, it just sucked, <laughs> really. And uh, they're not the best at, you know, <laughs> you know doing things... For people. Um, for people <laughs> and True. being clear about the truth. Yeah, yeah. It's not the best of records. Well, thanks for this, this input. I thought it was important mentioning it, as mm -hmm. it's so near. Mm -hmm. And I've got another question, because I've only got this apartment today. Who can host me? I've written here. <laughs> yeah, not me. Oh, too bad. Okay, in a small transition. Ekaterina, you wanted to mention the festivals of Kiev, the vibrant festival scene. I just saw the Georgian one which was on Andreevsky Street, the lovely street going mm -hmm. down. And it was all about Georgian wine and... Mm -hmm. Well, mostly wine. Just <laughs> Georgian wine, really, just wine. A lot of wine and a few drunk Ukrainian men. <laughs> and lots of people having fun, of course. Any festivals you'd like to give them? Uh, I would say it's a trend because any kind of open-air celebration or event we have mm -hmm. is called festival. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, starting from simple things like handmade exhibitions and nice food and music in the street. 
and um, coming to, to some uh, huge events. For example, we have very nice open-air initiatives, like, you know, like social, cultural, and uh, we have uh, Pushkinsky Park, which is called yeah. uh, uh, Fralova Art Picnic Festival, which is for four years, from June till September, and it's full of um, free workshops, uh, yoga classes, um, different music events, theater events, the lectures, and so just people offer a, a program, they participate, and a lot of visitors come. And oh, right. uh, yeah, mm. so, and we have also Google Fest. Google Fest? Google Fest, yeah. It's a multidisciplinary international festival with the theater, with wow. music. Wow, I have no idea what that is, but it sounds very impressive. Yeah. Which is. Kiev is, yeah. Hmm. Right, do you take part in any of those? Um, I used to, <laughs> as a volunteer, as a participant, as a visitor, yeah, so, and um, I really recommend you to visit these types of festivals one day, if oh you come right. here. Lots of festivals. So, and in summer, so if you are <laughs> in Kiev in summer, in or summer. early autumn, I hope you're yeah, so listening, listener. It is, it is a place of festivals, like yeah. every, almost, so you know, every week. An island on Dnipro, which is called Trohanov Island. And yeah. the oh, the island in, um, is in the middle of the river yeah. next to the city, yeah, which yeah. you can go by bike. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. So a pedestrian yeah. bridge, yeah. which is good fun. And you can come with a tent and there are yoga festivals there and yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, like spiritual or cultural stuff is presented. So, so arts and spirituality and, and music. And music, mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's a festival of things for the soul. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. That's great. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to point a listener, maybe just listening to the podcast now and thinking about coming to Kiev? Where would you point him to first? Where would you take him? <laughs> Her? Them? <laughs> um, uh, we have great coffee. Really. <laughs> you know, Lviv has like superb coffee and then it came to Kiev and we have one of the best cafes ever. Right. Something you you're not second best but like really good at. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And though it sounds quite traditional though I, I would take visitors to our churches to mm -hmm. to the Orthodox Christian churches which are really unique and it's mm -hmm. very something special especially for people coming from the West because it's not a Catholic, it's an Orthodox tradition. Mm -hmm. And golden domes and very exquisite mosaics inside ancient ones and um, really, really um, Asian spiritual story behind it and uh, All right. nice places. So if people have not just spent seven months in an <laughs> orthodox part of the world, they can enjoy those. I've had a slight yeah. overdose myself, yeah. <laughs> but they are, they are lovely. I mean, it's, I can't recommend Kiev more. Oh, talking about recommending, I did just a little shout out to my uh, little sister and my mum, who are definitely <laughs> listening to the whole thing. Um, I'm not sure about other people though, because I mean, they're, they're the only people giving me feedback. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you're their listener, <laughs> secretly. Well, this podcast has certainly lived up to its expectation, well, definitely mine anyway. I enjoyed it immensely. It was a great one, and it was great having you here. Thank you, Katerina. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Ivanka. Thank it was you fun. Yes, it was. It <laughs> was. And if not for the listener, definitely for us. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lovely evening. You too. Wait, I don't want to say that. <laughs> and come to Kiev. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Say it again. Come to Kiev. Welcome. Laskava <laughs> prosimo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a wrap for today's Kiev podcast. A big thanks to Ivanka, a big thanks to Katerina. I do hope you had a nice time with us and feel free to check out the rest of the website. There's a map, there are posts, you can get postcards and stuff. <laughs> See you very soon for the next one and keep in touch. Bye! Ooh.